Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Good Game Nice Try. I'm your tall, gray-haired, and suave host, Aaron Blair. With me, as always, is Sonia Reed. I, I don't get any adjectives. <laughs> what? I'm not. I'm not tall and also striking, or anything of anything of that. I like to set us up as enemies right off the bat. I think it makes for a bit antagonistic podcast. Okay. Fine. Okay. Fine. Well, what are you, what are your adjectives? I'll take tall. If you can just. You're, but, but, you're not. But I mean, that's what you asked. What I wanted, and this is what I want. I would uh, love to be described uh, in depth about how tall I am, how I can see over the aisle in the in CVS, how I can see perfectly at concerts. Just tell you and I went to a concert. We did. Did you see any of the concert? <laughs> and this is an honest to God question. So Sonia and I went to a concert uh, and at this concert, normally at this venue, they would have screens up where you could mm. see the band. You know, you guys have heard that, right? Where the band is on stage and we were kind of far back, but you could see the screens. This band, for whatever reason, decided to not have screens. Did you see a, a, any <laughs> of the band? Well, first of all, I didn't know that the screens were an option. I didn't know that... The- <laughs> <laughs> something that they just they elected to not use. Um, so I'm I'm a little upset now knowing this information. <laughs> but uh, no, we we looked out because we were on an angle. Okay, like that's everything's kind of angled that's right. down. So yeah, that's yeah. that's prime time. You know, even for somebody as tall as me, uh, I still I did have a I did I had a good view and a good time. I had good company. That was know? a good time. Did you when you ever played games at the arcade? Because gaming cabinets mm. are all one height. Mm, mm-hmm. Did you ever have a problem when you were younger reaching up? <laughs> Would you, I just have this view of like you as a child, or maybe now, I don't know, just with like nose height with the controller and you're just looking up and uh, arms over your head playing the game, you know? Th- oh, do you mean like months ago at Button Mash? Yeah, <laughs> oh, exactly. No. Is that true? I don't think I've grown since I was like 11 years oh, old. Man. I don't think I've grown at all. You know how people have like a high school growth spurt? Yeah. No, no. Just missed uh, that, miss that one. I skipped that elective. Um, no, I don't think, I mean, it's, it's not, it's definitely not made for my height. Right. As tall as I may be, it's not made for somebody of my stature, but I make do. You know, if if we've got Frogger there, if we've got Burger Time, I'm going to throw down. I'm going to make it happen. Okay. You know. What about you? Because you're on the opposite end, right? Like you're 
super tall. So how do, are you, are you well, crouching for me, I down? Will, I will say, yeah, sometimes I, if I'm playing for a long time, my back hurts. I know that's uh, not a big thing. Oh, but I'm so can sorry. I t- can I tell you though, a, a thing which is really interesting. So, which is when you're a kid, you know, every moment when I was a kid at an arcade, you're playing your time, you're paying for the time you're playing video games. You're pumping right. in quarters, right? And so that time is very valuable. And so it re- it raises the stakes on the games you're playing, right? Like you die yeah. and there's real stakes because you're like, I got to put money, more money in. But then when you get older and you have a little bit of money, it kind of becomes less important. So have you mm. ever gone back to an arcade and like been like, I'm going to beat this game and just get a roll of quarters and just feed them in until you beat a game? Have you ever done that? Uh, I think we're just so spoiled now. Yeah. Because I, again, like I would go back and I would just want to play Burger Time. Okay. I just want to play Qbert. But I'm like, now everything's re- everything's remastered. It's all remastered. You know, it's all remastered. I can play from the comfort of my, my slippers and everything at home. You know, I feel like I'm just so spoiled at this point. So you don't like arcades anymore? You don't go back in arcades? Uh, there was one in LA that I would go to kind of often, but okay. you know, it's, it's been closed for so long and now my, it, it hurts now. It I don't, hurts. I don't know where to go. I think I would more if I had a better regular close place, but they're so, it's like a lost gem. Like they're just so few and far between now. Because let me tell you, I still have, the only reason I go back to arcades. You have a vengeance. You have a score to settle. I have a vengeance. You know me too well. Did it, was it that obvious that I just, you know, that it's haunting me? I don't know if it was, if it was the teeth grinding or (laughs) the, the fumes I could see from, from the top, the smokestack up here. I don't know. I was grinding my teeth when I mentioned, when you mentioned the word arcade, I do grind my teeth because there are games out there that have yet to be beaten that I, like hurt me oh, when still. I was a kid. Hurt me as a child, yes. Still unbeaten. Wait, which? what's on the top of the list? I'm going to tell you, and this is why it's at the top of the list, okay? I'm going to tell you what it is in a second, but I, I would feed quarters into this thing. Like, I would go to Putt-Putt Miniature Golf in Ypsilanti, yes. Michigan. Thank you for calling it Putt-Putt, by the way. I want to yeah. shout out. And I would feed quarters into this machine, and it always bested me. <laughs> and I have gone since then, as an adult- I have gone to the arcade with like $40 worth of quarters <laughs> and have still not beaten this. The game is Terminator 2. Oh. And it is a game, it is a shooting game. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there are two Uzis. This is the way the cat the game cabinet is set up. There's two Uzis, okay? And you play with another person. And it's one of those things where it's like Bruh. and and it it rattles. The, the guns rattle. There's real <laughs> firing action, okay? It's not like House of the Dead where it's a fucking plastic gun. No, these are like metal guns and they rattle. Wow. The reason why I couldn't beat it, and I went specifically to the arcade to try to beat this and I couldn't do it, was because it is physically painful to play this game. I am like 45, Jen is like making a face. I'm 45 minutes into this game and my hand, I have to like switch hands. Just numb. Because it goes, and it's just like, oh, it's holding on to like a washing machine for 45 <laughs> minutes. And I was like in pain and I had to stop. 
Oh my gosh. You know how people, when they're driving for so long, they need like driving gloves yes. or something? Do you have Terminator gloves? I'm going to go back with fucking oven mitts <laughs> and I'm going to beat this guy. I still haven't beat it. And it's, it kills me. It kills me. Do you see oh. how red my face is getting? It kills me. It's, it kills I can me. see it. I see the pain in your eyes. You know what? I don't, see come, this. don't come to me with your Dark Souls Bloodborne <laughs> bullshit <laughs> and you, until you have paid for... Every time, even more when you die, pumping quarters into a machine over and over and over oh for 45 God. minutes. I'm sorry you lost your special sword in Dark Souls. Come to me with like, this is money. This is life. <laughs> Cold, this hard is, cash. I have traded my life to work at a corporation that then gives me these quarters and then I go and I can't beat Terminator 2 and it's my life. It's my blood I'm pouring in this machine and oh it's my. hurting my hands. So if you, if you had to put a... You had to put a dollar amount. Well, I spent the $40 and I didn't beat it. So $40 <laughs> at least. Minimum. In my life, I don't even know. It's what is your what's your gaming vendetta? What is your what what is your gaming blood feud that you have? Oh gosh. If I had to if I, how much time do you have? Um, if I had to pick one, I'm I don't know which one it was. I'm pretty sure I'm like 90% sure. That it was Battletoad, Battletoad's Double Dragon. <laughs> what? Battletoad's Double, I think it was Double Dragon that had that one effing level where you, you're on like the, the bikes and you got to hit the ramps and get oh, all the timing. Are you friggin' kidding me? Are you abs, I've never, I still haven't beat it. Yeah. I still haven't. That's, it's impossible. It's impossible. I, now, I'm not wasting quarters, so my stakes are a little lower. Still wasting Life, the ultimate currency, which is life on this earth. <laughs> the ultimate currency. Jen, do you have like a blood feud game? I love it and I hate it, but I've never been able to beat it and it haunts me. Oh no. Crash Bandicoot. <gasps> oh. What are you stuck on or what's the, what's the moment? There's just like one stupid level where there's just a lot of boxes you have to jump on and I can never time it right no matter how hard I try. And I think that I'm okay at video games. I've never been able to crack it since I was a child. Wow. Oh. I revisited it last year during the pandemic and the PTSD came back and I it's, had to turn it off. I feel like true. we need like a gaming support system between <laughs> the three of us. And we can, yeah. we can all meet up for like a little LAN party and we can walk through each other's games. We can root each other on and we'll all finally be able to move on. Yeah. I love that idea. Because Jen, and to your point, like I will say, like part of the thing, and like Ninja Gaiden is another one that I've mentioned that we've talked about before on here for me that I couldn't beat. And because you start to get in your own head, mm. you start to get to the point and you're like, oh, here we go. Here we go here. And then, you know what I'm saying? I psych myself yeah. out because of nostalgia. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it is the nostalgia factor. You like are right back to when you were 10 years old Comes and you're right. like, okay, I'm going to beat it this time. But it's true. That's a no, real it is. thing. It's, it's like, it's insane. And I'm right back at putt-putt. I'm right back at <sighs> putt-putt, you know? Well, we'll, we'll all get through this together. We're going to set a, we yeah. got to set a day and we need to move past this in our lives, you know? And you know, the thing, like nostalgia is an extremely potent and powerful force in all of mm -hmm. our lives. And that's why our guest today, I couldn't be more excited because she has played so many characters that mean so much, not just to me, but ever. I mean... Good Lord, like this this woman has is our childhood, basically. Yes, I, I would say she has voiced 
mine and plenty of other childhoods. Absolutely. Our guest today is an iconic voice actress who has voiced such characters as Harley Quinn, Batgirl, Timmy Turner, Bubbles, and Raven. And now she's playing Miss Minutes in the Disney Plus series Loki. And she also has a podcast, The Ship It Show. Love that name. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Here is our interview with the one and only Tara Strong. So excited to welcome Tara. I voiced your childhood strong. Hi. (laughs) You're kind of right. That's what I hear the most at cons. Most people say thank you for my childhood. Yeah, you are just, and I'm so excited to talk to you. You're just an absolute titan in the VO industry, (laughs) in the pop culture, in everything. And the one thing that I find the most fascinating is that you've brought to life so many extremely different characters. (laughs) Anything from like Twilight Sparkle to Raven, like that's such a broad range. I guess I really wanted to know how after so many characters, after so many years, how do you keep creating characters and voices that are still unique? Well, thank you for saying that. And it's it's so true. Like I I'm sometimes like, how lucky am I? Because we all know exceedingly talented people that never get a shot. And so to be able to voice so many iconic characters is such a gift to be able to touch people the way I have around the world. It's like the most amazing thing to have become this conduit of joy and happiness and laughter and inclusion. So I feel really lucky about that. And when there's a new audition, they'll send, you know, the drawing of the character, they'll send like a character description and the sides, which is a portion of the script. And then you as the voice actor have to try to think, what what is production looking for here? And then with that said, you have to make it your own because there's hundreds of people trying out for the same part. So what's going to set you apart from all these people? And so I'm very conscientious about making sure one character doesn't sound exactly like another. There can be hints of it. But I've been in sessions where they'll say, can you do this as Timmy Turner? No, Timmy Turner lives <laughs> on the Fairly Odd Parent, so no, I'm not going to do that. But I could tweak it a little, and he could still be like a you know raspy 10-year-old boy, but he's going to have X, Y, Z, and and we usually come to some sort of agreement about that voice. With that said, sometimes at the 11th hour, uh, something will change, or I'll have a last-minute idea. Like My favorite example of that is Raven. Because I was doing like five different sort of tragic teenage girls at that time at like the same age. And a couple of them were for the same network. It was, you know, Batgirl and Sharina from a show called um, Detention. And I was doing Ingrid Third on um, Fillmore and Kylie on Extreme Ghostbusters. And like, how do I, you know, suddenly be this other tragic teen girl? And also I thought I was probably going to book... Starfire, because the character description was she's a grown-up Bubbles. Well, I'm grown-up Bubbles, so <laughs> I'll probably book that one. And um, I decided just—I I really didn't have an idea at the callback stage about what I was going to do to have Raven be different than every other character. And in the moment, I just went in and, and thought, I'm just going to act these scenes and be in all these moments, which is another piece that you absolutely have to do to— be able to transcend these characters and become these characters. And I was walking out of the studio and I knew like they're going to say, oh, it's it's too much like Batgirl. It was for all the same people. And as I was passing the booth where 
Andrea Romano and Glenn Murakami and all the engineers and the people on the that side of the booth were sitting. I walked by and I'm like, can I try one more thing? And it was like in that moment, just in that moment that I had the idea to do this like weird little roll in the back of my throat whenever she said anything. And they were like, oh, my God, like total God shot. Yeah. <laughs> and, and how do I teach that? How do I tell someone to do that? The only thing I would say is to not be afraid to try something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, also, I would say, though, you know, it, it, I think that's a testament to your experience and your talent, obviously, that, you know, you had the confidence to go back and, and do that as, as well. And because, again, I, I, you know, Conan's always said, like, it's like getting struck by lightning. To your point earlier, you know, th- talent gets you so far. Determination, motivation gets you so far. But then luck has to play a part also. But, you know, I, he said before, kind of like preparation puts you in the field, during a storm with an umbrella to get hit by the lightning, which is a bad metaphor because that would probably kill you. But it makes but, sense. But it makes yeah. sense. You really – and the perfect storm is is kind of the perfect analogy because all things have to come together in a serendipitous way to create a character that's going to transcend and, and speak yeah. to people of, you know, all ages, all colors, all – Areas where you come from and whoever you love. Like, there's no uh, – the world of animation is really such an inclusive world. You see that in cosplay. Like, it doesn't matter Absolutely. your body type, the color of your skin, how old you are. It's, like, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Yeah, it really is. And, uh, you know, again, I think, um, you know, you said even with Raven, like, people have come up to you and just been like, oh, my God, like, this me- this character means so much to me and all that stuff. I mean, that must be – what a thrill to be able to inspire people and, and give people that kind of an experience in their lives. Oh, yeah. Raven of all of them the most. Like, I hear I I was going to kill myself till I met Raven. Or wow. you got me through my parents' divorce. Or I thought I was all alone until I saw Raven. And it's, I'd say, still the biggest cosplay. Maybe Harley's now a close second, if not equal. But, you know, there was a girl that was dressed as Raven that was talking and talking and talking. And I looked over and her mom was like really, really crying. And a lot of people cry when they meet me, but like this was kind of next level. So I went to check on her and I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, my daughter is severely autistic and hasn't spoken in five years. And she heard you were coming and she doesn't stop talking. And it's like, wow, like, how do you not let that affect you? Right? Like she's really important. She really is. That is so beautiful. And, you know, with, I mean, obviously the last year or so has kind of put us indoors, but being able to, you know, go to Comic-Con and meet um, people who admire you and your character so much, like, I can't imagine how, how that feels. It's pretty great because, you know, I don't know that our predecessors in voiceover knew how beloved they were before the internet. Like now people can search out who does their favorite voices and now we have this recognition, which is very nice. And then, on top of that, you are nothing without your fans because Hollywood doesn't necessarily prioritize um, or cherish their voice actors. It's the fans that do, you know? Um, often a legacy voice actor is replaced by an A-list celebrity of a character they've helped make famous for decades. No offense to, like, A-list celebrities, but but when of you're course, putting all that work in, it's um, pretty heartbreaking when, you know, they just say, well, let's put this person in there. And it's the fans that are like, no, no, no. Tara's Harley or, you know. Yeah. They got your back. It's very sweet. So so cons are a really nice way to give back. Absolutely. Who now, now people are, are inspired by, by you. Who are you inspired by? Who are you looking at either now or 
uh, when you were a, a kid and, and you wanted to be in the entertainment industry? Who gave you that kind of like jolt of like, oh, yes, like this is amazing. Life is beautiful. Well, I, I will say the other thing that I'm really lucky about is I'm inspired every day. Like people in voiceover are the most insanely talented people. And every day I'm like, oh, yes. I didn't know he yes. could do that or <laughs> she could do that. Um, <laughs> And humble as well. I mean, like, very again, humble. You, you are an icon and you are like the coolest. You know, we talked to Nolan North, who's done so much great video game work. And he was just like talking about, yeah, it, yeah I love my job. I love yeah. the work. And we're like, you are, you know, you guys are icons. It's crazy. And you're so that, You know, I, I said the same thing to Stan Lee. He came in to do some Spider-Man stuff. And he was like in his 90s, totally spry, running around. Like, I'm like, what is, <laughs> what, like, what is your secret? And he's like, he's like, do what you love and, and don't retire. Like, you know, just uh, do what you love. And awesome. I think that is true for voiceover people in general. It's like we get to play in this really fun schoolyard every yeah. single day. Um, but I certainly looked up to Jody Benson. And I used to, like, run around impersonating The Little Mermaid. So when I got the chance to play her daughter in the sequel, I could have died the next day. Like, I uh. I shook her hand and I, like, burst into, t into tears. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, I've just loved you for so long. And then I got to yes. sing with her and she was, like, the loveliest human ever. Um, and, of course, Batgirl beside Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy was pretty damn extraordinary. Wild. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wild. Those are some pretty big icons. And then, you know, I, I really am impressed by people every single day. Um, even this experience with Loki, you know, I um, I stepped in after everything was already filmed. So in a way, I got to play with all the other actors in this very sort of new virtual world on Zoom. And they were all so good. You know, yeah. like every single like breath that Tom does, you're like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> Let me play off that. You know, uh, I'm just I'm impressed by people that get paid to what to do what they love um, in a creative way every single day. Yeah, absolutely. One of my friends wrote on, on Loki and was like, he used to be a writer on Rick and Morty. And he was like, it's like the most fun. Like everyone oh my else, God. Is, everyone is so cool. It's so fun. The world is amazing. The characters. The world is I, and Miss Minutes, by the way, Miss Minutes is so great. Like so cool. She's amazing. It's amazing. And talk about fans like ingratiating you and taking you in. I had no idea that. First of all, I didn't know what I was auditioning for when I first auditioned because everything with the MCU and a lot of DC things are also very top secret. I imagine. Yeah. And then with that, I didn't know how big the show would be. And then I certainly didn't know how much people would love Miss Minutes. And it's a risk. This is an animated character joining a highly beloved existing DC or MC universe. And like who I, I never would have predicted. It's it's like this present that I get keep getting to open with like love for Miss Minutes. So cool. Amazing. So fun. How did uh so how did it come across your desk originally? Like how did you um you know how did that catch your eye? It was um sort of how I described the other auditions, except with much less information. It was very vague. Like, mm. clear if she was sentient or what they really wanted and, of course, what universe she was in. And I remember calling my agent and asking all kinds of questions that they did not have the answers to. And in the description, they wanted Siri-esque, like something like that. But they didn't say to what degree. And so I've done, you know, 
very Siri voices and I've done things that are more sentient. So I gave them three different choices, which I usually do. And I'll do it right here in my home studio. And um, I remember laying one down that was more robotic and then one that was a little bit more sentient and then the one with the accent. And I think they went with the accent one because you have this character who is adorable delivering dire exposition. Like, you could die (laughs) if you don't do this. Oh, it's like this beautiful juxtaposition as in the whole show, right? You have this amazing tech that also looks like it's in the 70s, but, you know. Which I love. Uh, yeah. I love that aesthetic. It's so, so fun. Genius. Genius. It was, like, done seamlessly. Yeah. And I think it's just they love the idea that, like, well, you know, if you don't do this, you could die, but come on back and let us know how we're doing. <laughs> you know, I think that's kind of why they went with the Southern girl. Yeah, she's so fun, like, with the Southern Belle, but she's, like, super nefarious. It's, it's horrifying. So fun. I hope we get to see plenty more. Kate Heron did tweet that she wanted to do a Miss Minutes movie, and I'm like, I'm in. (gasps) Sounds good to me. That'd be awesome. I love that. And I mean, that's the great thing now is like, I think especially with the MCU, they've built up such a a world, which is fantastic, where they could spin all this other stuff. It's so fun. It's so fun. And isn't it fun when you're, like, not expecting a crossover and you're like, I don't know. I'm so obsessed with um, Doctor Strange. Like, that's – it'd be fun to do something with Miss Minutes and Doctor Strange. (laughs) That'd be funny. (laughs) Manifest it. Manifest it. Putting it out there. Putting it out there. But I will say, out of all the characters, Doctor Strange has the potential to cross over into anyone else's – and we both have like a time element. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know? We're we're onto something. Put it out there. Putting it out there. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. It's so interesting because I think, you know, you've said uh, in other interviews that all these characters kind of live in your head. Do you ever, are you ever at the grocery store? And, you know, it was for, for instance, when I was playing a lot of Mario Kart, whenever I would like hurt myself, like stub a toe, I go like, wahoo, like it's yeah. just because it was in my brain. Do you ever find yourself just quietly breaking into a character if you drop the milk or something? I'm not really quiet about it. <laughs> Yeah, and and I break into characters all the time. Like my good friends know, like you don't really just get Tara; you get like a bunch <laughs> a of whole other people. the whole yeah, the whole my universe. kids know. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. always breaking into. And also sometimes it's useful. Like if someone owes you money and you're like, "Can I have my money back?" That's not so fun. But like, um, can I have 
least have that money. Like, you, you know, you can, like, use it. You can use it with telemarketers, you know. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. I have been getting so many uh, car warranty calls, and I can't imagine the fun that you could have. Just I don't, I don't have a car. I'm just here all by myself. Just me and this giant knife. What are you doing? You know, just mess with people. Oh my god, amazing! You do. It's a, you have a real superpower. It's it's insane. Yeah. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. I you know I one thing. You know, speaking of Miss Minutes and 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 the MCU and streaming and and all the work you do in video games and it's. It has to be so fun that it just feels like this world, especially with streaming, has blossomed, especially for voiceover. There's so much out there, so much great great things being produced. All this really fun stuff is coming out. How has the industry changed since when you started, and where do you think it's kind of headed? Uh, well, I think you're right, and I think— I think I love that for the nerds to be triumphant in a really yeah. big out way now. Because um, I think there's more of us than not. Like, <laughs> I totally. think you know, so that's fun. Um, and, of course, as technology changes, the industry changes. Like you said, streaming has become more mainframe than TV. More people yeah. watch things streaming than um, a, a show at eight that's on their favorite network. <laughs> and um, it's lovely because you can binge things. You can not miss things, you don't have to have commercials or whatever Whatever you do. It's a more personalized experience. And I think as technology keeps changing, I think that will keep changing. I'm sure we're not that far away from a video game being a hologram in your living room. Right. I'm sure there's things we can't even imagine that's that's going to happen. I know. I'm thinking of the first time I put on a, like a VR headset. And so it was like 2016. And it was this huge, big rope coming out of the back of my head. And you had to plug it yeah. into like a high-powered PC yeah. and all this crazy stuff. And now there's like the the Quest, like the tiny little VR right. headset. No wireless. It's all wireless. It's yeah. insane. And that's only in, you know, four or five years. I cannot yeah. imagine. Right. Who knows? Now, so, you know, as we as we talk about, like, going in and uh, uh, auditioning for these characters and all this stuff, are you ever surprised with, like, for Miss Minutes, you said you gave them a couple different options. Are you ever surprised with the choices that that they make? You're like, oh, this is the one. And then they choose something else. Does that does that ever happen? I'd say not that much. I think, like, the biggest surprise was probably Miss Minutes, just because I really didn't know what I was auditioning for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But... You know, when you have an audition and you lay a few down, they'll when you if you book the part, they'll say they'll play back the one that they liked. And if I've if I've given it to them, I'm like, I figure they'll like one of those. So it's not it's not usually like so surprising. But with that said, as the voiceover art artist, you have to be ready for and it happens all the time. Hey, we loved take three, but now we want her to have braces and a headgear okay and also we want her to be from ireland okay uh and also we want her to you know be really shy okay oh now we want her to be a boy <laughs> you know and you Jesus. have to be ready to this is why i tell every voiceover hopeful to jump into improv classes so you feel confident mm -hmm. when it's time to switch it up yeah you know okay i'll do this okay i'll do that okay I, how do you keep Speaking of that, I you know how do you how do you keep healthy? How do you keep the the instrument? How do you take care of your instrument? Well, first of all, I'm vegan, so I never yeah. have dairy. And um, if you guys took five minutes of your life to watch Dairy is Scary, you wouldn't either. It's so gross. Oh yeah, I don't. No. I'm not a dairy gross. guy. No, no, no. Do the dairy so, thing. Okay, not good. A dairy guy. Yeah. <laughs> 
So number one, I'm vegan. Uh, number two, it's a muscle. So I work it out. I take singing lessons. If I have to sing for a session, I'll use my singing lessons that are recorded on my phone and I'll do the, the warm ups and the exercises. Whoa, cool. I never smoke. I don't go to like a concert where I'm going to be screaming my ass off because it's it's a muscle. You can't. I don't know. You got to take care of it. I always have several drinks with me. I'll always have like a Zevia. And also like knowing when your voice needs breaks. Um, it's why we have a union. It's why um, mm-hmm. when, you know, say, oh, will you do this video game? Yes, if if it's a good director that I know, because if I'm going to do 10,000 death sounds because they're not <laughs> yeah. sure how to get what they want out of the actor, it's going to kill my week. So you really have to take care of it like you would any other muscle yeah Yeah, i had a it was during the launch of our podcast um for the first time in my i think in my entire life and the timing was impeccable the first (laughs) time in my entire life i completely lost my voice i have never had that happen before and it was, of course, during the same week that we're like, all right, good game, nice try, let's go. It was episode two of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> it was hilarious. And then I lost my voice, like, right before we started this season <laughs> because I was ending, and I'm, I apologize oh my God. I was ending every Zoom call I would have <laughs> by screaming Mortal Kombat and hanging up. So I oh, go, Mortal wow. Kombat! And then, and that's really, I don't know if you know, very bad for your voice. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. But now, oh, you do a podcast, which is fantastic. How did you decide to start getting into podcasting? Well, we had actually pitched the show, I think it was to Nerdist originally as a show. As like a sort of talk show, something that we could take to cons, which we will do. Yeah. Um, But just celebrating this entire world of humans that get no love. And the idea of shipping characters is so huge. And the art and music and cosplay that it inspires. And people don't really understand what it is. So it gets like a lot of teasing and hatred and backlash when in fact – the idea of imagining your favorite characters in relationship or even in deep friendship is so beautiful and interesting and fascinating. And yes, it can be weird, but who cares? Like every every fandom has that. So yeah. why don't we celebrate the people that are having fun and, you know, particularly cosplayers who in their real lives are really shy and don't really go out and do anything. And then they suit up and they're fucking superheroes. Like <laughs> so fun to celebrate these people. And like I said before, it doesn't matter the color of your skin or how old you are or the, your body type or who you love, like, or your gender, like everything is fluid and, and accepted and beautiful. So we really wanted to honor this whole piece of fandom that doesn't really get love in mainstream. It does at cons. People are like, can I take your picture? Can I take a picture when people are, you yeah. know, dressed up in these characters? But the real, like the real world, the people outside of the sort of nerd cult- culture don't have any clue who these people are. And yeah. I love, you know, reaching out to people on Instagram and just this, actually this last week, I want to do... um I want to do an episode. It's going to turn into three because of the response, but of, <laughs> of, of goddess cosplayers. Yes. And I, I just, like, started Googling, like, you know, some kick-ass chick cosplayers. And um, I wanted to make sure our trans friends were included and people of color and, like, all these girls that are just total goddesses in cosplay. And so we're going to have, like, a three-day um, party. Yes. Um, 
But awesome. but it's also fun to explore like whatever elements of that ship is. So we'll have actors that have played the parts, writers that have worked on them, directors that have um, directed these people, and of course, really cool comic book artists, people that have conceptualized these characters and what makes a ship canon. And um, it's been fun like researching origin stories because often one character will have two or three, and which one's more interesting. And yeah, um, yeah. But like you guys know, it's also a lot of work. So the the idea (laughs) to do it as a podcast came about in COVID times to be able to connect with fans in a way that you can't at Comic-Con right now. And it's been really sweet. It's been really nice. We're having a good time. Who would you, not to put you on the spot, who do you think you would ship Miss Minutes with? Does anybody come to mind? Nobody's nobody's asked that. That's a really good question. I don't know. I don't know. (gasps) I think everybody has to answer that. Let's all take a minute. It's funny because the first thing that came to my mind, and maybe it was because you mentioned you kind of gave three different um, takes on her. The first thing that came to my mind was Siri. That was the first thing. Ooh, yeah. And because I feel- That could happen. Yeah, I feel like that would happen. Okay, I have one too. You know how like a lot of times you're like, oh my God, are they- there's even like an Instagram account. Are they brother and sister? Or are they a couple? Like, you know, yeah. people that like look <laughs> yeah. alike. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think like going along the orange theme and like the bad girl thing, I kind of like Miss Minutes and Ivy. <gasps> oh. Ooh, okay. Love it. I like that. Love it. I That's like that. great. That's mm-hmm. great. I can't wait. I can't wait to see the uh, the spinoff. The, uh, the MCU. There it is. Yeah, the crossover. The, I yeah, think exactly. we just created another canon. I think we I did. Think. I think we yeah, did. I That's so. great. Mm-hmm. Well, Tara, I hate to say it. We're almost out of time. Uh, you know, time flies when you're having fun, as Miss Minutes, of course, knows. We like to end every interview with a best and a worst. And you know, we do video games, we've done uh, uh, we've done villains, we've done all sorts of stuff. I, I think for you, we would ask you, who do you who do you like uh, as the the best kind of you know VO uh, performance and the one that drives you the most crazy, the one that like gets under your skin and you're like ah, in terms of characters that I've done. Yes, that you've done as your characters uh, and your pantheon uh, of characters. Who, what character drives you the most crazy? And what character are you just like, oh, this is every time. It's a ray of sunshine. I love it. Uh, th- this is a tough one for me because it's like, who's your favorite character? Well, who's your favorite mm-hmm. kid? Because they're right. all so important to me. I will say I have the most fun playing Harley. And I've sort of had this wonderful growth with her where the original Harley was an abused woman living under the shadow of a crazy misogynist. And Mm -hmm. there would be many moments in my life that would sort of seem to mirror what she was going through. And I feel like I've grown a lot with her. And like you say, with getting tired in video games, it's like you guys know when you're doing a podcast for a while, even if you're not screaming death sounds, your voice gets tired. But whenever it's a Harley video game, I never get cranky. She's like my therapy. Uh, and yeah, I just, oh, I, I love it so much. I just get a kick out of it. Even today, I wish I could spoil some stuff for you that happened that was just so rewarding and fun. Uh, so yeah, she's, I love that. she's really just so fun. Yeah, that's great. And my least favorite, or wait, or just one that one that kind of drives you the most crazy, and it can be, by the way, not even the performance of it, but the character. You're like, I never want to hang out with this person. Either they, if they're living rent free in your head right now, and you wish that they would just Uh, take a break. Anything. (laughs) Well, I would say maybe the hardest 
um, job, like vocally taxing job on my voice was probably Terrence from Foster's Home. And also like kind of an unredeeming guy. You know, he was always mean to his brother and everyone around him. And it was always like, you're a loser, like really intense, (laughs) Uh like really great. Like I'd say if, if I, you know, if I had to choose some character that I didn't love as much as the others, I think probably Terrence, even though, even though, by the way, I love Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends and anything that Craig McCracken does. So oh, that's true. the caveat. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> that was brilliant. I love it. Well, I got to say, I get, this has been such a thrill. Thank you so much. And uh, I look forward to the Miss Minutes uh, Ivy uh, shipping. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. It's Manifesting it. Manifesting it. <laughs> the, pe- the people will do it. The people will create <laughs> yeah. the art. Tara Strong. I mean, when you think of iconic, that is, she is the person who comes to mind. So I'm so glad we finally got to have her on the podcast. That was a delight. Absolutely iconic. It was such a joy to be able to talk to her. And uh, speaking of more joys, we got got a little something extra. So we're going to take a little quick break, stick around, and we'll be right back. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. So Tara Strong has, as as you just heard, uh, this amazing podcast, The Ship It Show, where she ships characters. And shipping, if you don't know what that is, is saying these two characters should be in a relationship. So characters you want to see together. Now, let's talk about video game characters we ship. Mm -hmm. Sonia, what do you think? Do you have any that come to mind? Well, I would say, since we've kind of been on a Bioshock kick recently, I really wanted to think deserve some love? Who deserves some love out there in the universe? And it made me think of uh, of Big Daddies, right? Okay. They need a little love. You see, you don't seem convinced. Well, I don't know where you're going with this, but uh, all right, okay. let's go. All right, all Big right. Daddy, Big Daddies, by the way, just so everybody knows, the horrifying villains <laughs> from Bioshock. So with a drill for a hand. So I'm curious where what we're where we're going with this. But it gets even better because something that I didn't really know, I was kind of I was <laughs> doing a little bit more research because I'm like what do they look like behind the mask? Behind the armor. And this is the description <laughs> of a big daddy. They start out as the human undesirables of rapture and are converted into their new form in an irreversible procedure which which grafts their skin and organs directly to the inside of their suit. That's a bad Sunday. And they're huge. They're like seven foot two, a seven foot two abomination who can't get out of their suit. It's it's like, it's me at the water park, basically. (laughs) 
So similar energy, who would I match you up with? So I was trying to think of someone similar, someone who could understand their struggles, right? Who is always in their suit, who's taller, they have armor, and maybe, you know, they they just, they've got love on the inside and they just can't, (laughs) they can't let it out properly. So I thought, who is always in armor? Master Chief. Oh, Master Chief. Always in armor. They're both literally seven foot two. Yeah. It's a match made in heaven. They both probably smell terrible. Exactly. So all I can think of is (laughs) just two basketballs (laughs) trying to kiss each other. Like, how does that work? It's like, it's like trying to make out when you both have braces or something. It's just really, (laughs) you know, (laughs) you're just clanking metal. Just clanking metal. It's romantic. I guess it's most, that has to be mostly like a non-physical relationship, right? I mean. They can't bang. If if my organs are grafted to the inside <laughs> of a deep sea diving suit. That's an awful. Can I get a boner? Oh my God. These are the important questions. Can big daddies get a boner? Does Master Chief even get boners? What is he even like? Like all he likes is war. He's just got a, right? Does he have feelings? He's got Cortana, I guess. He does have Cortana. Yeah, I think, you know, he's got the ability. Big Daddy's, I'm not so sure, but I feel, you know, Master Chief's got it. Jen, how do you feel about Big Daddy's and Master Chief's being together? And and can a Big Daddy get a boner? Honestly, no comment. You guys took this in a really interesting direction that I didn't see coming, so I don't know. Well, you guys feel like too many, too many. I think it's, I'm sorry about the boner comment, but I just, I'm, that's where my brain goes, straight to boners. That's fair. Sure. That's fair. Jen, do you do you have a better ship? I feel like this is a pretty strong relationship, but if you have one that might, you know. I support it. I agree. I I love this choice that you've made. I support it too. I think it's a great choice. I just took it in a different direction thinking about just like emotionally Mm -mm. and long-term who would be good for each other, you know, and people who have something in common, but who might not Mm -hmm. ever meet. Yeah. And my ship is Lara Croft and Aloy. Yeah. I think oh that makes sense. They would make a great couple. I think they could learn a lot from each other. It would be so mm-hmm. badass. Mhm. That's where my head went with this. Adventurous badasses. Adventurous badasses. <sighs> yes. That's like I That's a good one. Now I need that. Right? I need a DLC like a crossover. with them. I need a crossover. That does make sense. I do think here, and here's what I kind of like about that too, because I feel like they both have similar interests, but they don't overlap too much. Yes. No? Like Aloy is very weapons-based hunter kind of a thing, totally. whereas like Lara is like, you know, like uh, exploration and more ta- Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think together they could be unstoppable in love and in life. Oh. I love that. Now- my ship is a little outside the box. I would expect nothing less. <laughs> Guys, listen. Uh, Surprising <laughs> nobody on this on this podcast. I just, I want to just say three words, okay? Okay. Love without limits. All right? Mm-hmm. Love without limits. Like, I'm you know, nervous. polyamory, mm-hmm. you know, it just doesn't need to be two, two people, two entities, two yeah. beings. It could be, you know what? There could be a lot of free love, mm-hmm. right, guys? Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. Now, I think in a game, uh, I've never experienced love in a game more than when you are playing Tetris 
and you've got <sighs> a slot on the side and you hit it with that long one and boom. So I think the long piece <laughs> with, what is it, four lines? Uh-huh. I ship that. I ship the long piece in four lines because it's glorious. I don't know if you played the new Tetris game where it's like music and lights and you're in these cool worlds It cha- and the music changes as you put the pieces down. And when you get a, a line piece, oh my God, it's like, and like things Fireworks. like, it's like sparks go everywhere. There are whales floating by and you're on a different planet. And so, so I think, you know, that's what I'm looking for in my life is, is that feeling of a line piece and, uh, of, the, of the straight line and the four pieces. So I, I would just want to clarify I just want to clarify here. Are you shipping the entirety of the Tetris piece uh, armada as a polyamorous relationship? (laughs) Well, what I'm saying is, yes. What I'm saying is, because it doesn't, and guys, guess what? Every every time you have the four lines ready to have a line piece, it's made up of different pieces. You never know. It's never the same piece. It's kind of beautiful. They all work together Aww. and it's all, about, communication. it's all about coming together. Thank you. Communication. Mm-hmm. And, and and you know what? It's about like getting that match, that perfect match. And frankly, if I'm going to be quite honest, the line piece is just a giant boner anyway. So it kind of answers that question. Of, Can it get Full a boner? You knew I was going Full for the boner. Like, you knew I, there I, it I, is. I just, you know, had yeah. to put a bow on it. But anyway, that's my, that's my <laughs> thing. So I think these are all good ships. These are all good. So if you guys out there have video game characters or shapes, that you feel like you should ship. Maybe it's the snipper clips. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> at us. <laughs> Hit us on Twitter at Good Game. Nice try. And of course, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Give us those five stars and a nice little review. And maybe we'll read it on the uh, on the air here. So that's going to do it for this week. Uh, and, you know, see y'all next week. And I hope you and all your video game characters find the love that you deserve. Aww. Good Game Nice Try is produced by Jen Samples and Nick Liao. Our executive producers are Joanna Solitaroff, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Engineering by Will Beckton, with engineering and sound design by Chester Guazda. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. And a very special thanks to Lisa Berm. Music, as always, by the illustrious John Danik. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com.